0: You are now listening to Almost 30 Podcasts.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Lindsay. This is Krista.
0: Never forget it. Never forget the voices. Lindsay's more sexy and sultry. <laughs> I'm a little more annoying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not true, but we are best friends and we've been doing this for seven years. And it is our mission to support you in your evolution. To make it fun, to make it deep, to also make it light, to make it just wild Juicy. crazy.
0: <laughs> we want to keep it drama-free. We want to help you feel good. And we're really grateful you chose Almost 30. As you're listening today, it feels really good to be with you. And today is going to be a blast. Marie Forleo
1: came through the doors. Dancing. And she was not playing around. She was truly bringing the party, as she always does what you kind of feel from her online, if you follow Marie, is truly who she is. And she's also much more, which you'll find out about in this episode today. But we just wanted to catch up with our girl. Mm -hmm. There was no agenda.
0: Yeah, there was truly no agenda. It was nice. Which was a pleasure and a delight to not be like, okay, we're going to be talking about three ways to find your career pivot, Yeah, you know, or whatever, (laughs) like talking about entrepreneurship, a career, which is So much a part of who we are and what we do, but to catch up with the person and talk about things that she doesn't really talk about publicly, she doesn't really talk about anywhere else, things like psychedelic therapy, things like spirituality, things like the soul, things about some journeys that she's been on. I felt really grateful to be a facilitator of that conversation because Lindsay and I have talked about psychedelics and psilocybin and ketamine, ayahuasca over the years, just kind of exploring pellet medicines for ourselves and in our journey. So to have someone like her talking about it in the ways in which it's helped her was just so fascinating and fun. Yes. And I think like, you
1: know, someone like her who's had two decades of incredible success in a, I wouldn't say traditional sense, but she's built an incredible business. And then to also hear her healing and spiritual journey, it really brings all the pieces that make that possible to the forefront, because I think we get so obsessed in this entrepreneurial path with like the steps and the way and the right way and the perfectionism of it. And there's just this nuanced, more complex, but also like joyful approach to getting what you really want and like creating your dream life that involves so much more than like the programs and the formulas and all of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we look at her, she's like, I realized that I just want to dance. She's like, I'm taking choreography classes. I'm meeting with people. I just want to be dancing more often. And I think so many of us are like, we start from the beginning and we're like, maybe when I have money, I'll dance. You know, dancing as the example. I have to be at a certain place to be able to dance. It's like, no, so much of what we actually desire in life, we can do now. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to spend more time with my kids. Do that now. Yeah. I want to spend more time with people I love. Do that now. I want to spend more time reading. Do that now. You know, so much of what we plan for in retirement or we wait for, or we kind of put off because we feel like we can't because of work or all these things, if we actually didn't have such a desire for, or this like bottomless pit feeling for consuming and money and do, 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 we could actually kind of have it all where we had a balance between work and play and could live in harmony. And Abraham Hicks talks about that. It's like, feel that good feeling. That's
1: what creates more of that good feeling. So if you're kind of in this, hustle and grind and like sacrifice mode of like, not quite yet, but grinding until you get there and really restricting yourself of the joy and of the things that just make you really happy, you're going to get more of that, Mm -hmm. you know, just by, just by like kind of energetic law. Yeah.
0: And I love talking about how on her spiritual path, and we've never talked to her about her spiritual path before. But talking about the spiritual path and like the importance of lightness and levity and just play. I was talking to Peta the other day, our friend Pita Kelly. um, She's Pita Jean on Instagram and she's been on the podcast a few times. And she was saying that too. She's like, I just want to be like a lifestyle influencer. Mm -hmm. She's like, I just want to share about my lattes. Totally. And just share what workout I'm feeling. I just don't want to have the pressure to feel like I have to be so prolific all the time. You're right. And I think so many of us have that where content creators, entrepreneurs, people that exist online. I mean, it could, it could even be if I wasn't someone that was a public figure, you have the photo of you from your wedding or your trip or whatever it is. And you feel like you kind of have to continue to outdo yourself. Yes. Or like do more or do better or do deeper or do, you know, or that I'm whatever. I'm just thinking about like sharing, like say you share a photo from a vacay
1: and like most people yes. will be like, here's a photo from a vacay, like whatever, like peace and love. And like, I, I feel like sometimes I will speak for myself where I'm like, what am I going to say? 100%. About
0: this photo or this experience. Totally. I was thinking my it's birthday. Like, my birthday was a few months ago and I was like, What's the post? How many reasons how many things I've learned in the past years? And I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> I don't want to talk about things I've learned. I don't want to have to write 30 reasons why <laughs> thirty things I've learned. You know, it's like, yeah. can't I just be like, yo, happy birthday to my ass? Yeah. Sure. What, I think that's perfect. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'm gonna. This is a post for you to all comment. And then the picture happy is birthday. your ass, literally. <laughs> me in just looking stupid, but yeah, you just—it's like almost just like taking the seriousness out of it because I think online in the online world, it's like so serious. Totally. Yeah, I I, I always like to at least for me because
1: that's how I like stay interested. I'm like I don't wanna. I'm so. Admittedly inconsistent. And like kind of non-linear in my content so that people don't expect
0: totally <laughs> a certain thing. Because I'm like, I, I don't know if I could do it. It's hard for me. Yeah. We were talking about with Marie. It's like once you become known for something, you almost don't want that anymore. I You're know. like, no, no, no. That's the I'm thing. I'm like that. I'm like, no, no. I'm not just that. Mm-hmm. I'm so many more things. And I don't even know if that's the ego too, because that's the part of me that would want to control everyone's experience of me. So if I'm like, oh, you're knowing me as like a writer or like a emo head, you know, like mm-hmm. then I'm perceiving they're thinking that and then I'm trying to control their experience of that. Right. So how can we pull it back to ourselves and just kind of create what we want to create? Totally. Totally. It's a wild, wild reflection. I know. I had the best time. Yeah, so we, we talked about her journey, psychedelics a lot. I re- also really love talking about donut economics. That was <laughs> oh, fascinating. Yeah. There's this segment where she talks all about donut economics, which is basically like we have this desire within us to grow and we feel like our businesses aren't successful unless they're doing like hockey stick growth. And how can we seek to have a more sustainable business that's going to fulfill all the needs and desires that we want it to in a way that's healthy for the planet, for our team and for us? Yeah.
1: Well, because there's this like bottomless pit of more that I think I don't think comes from within us. I think it comes from outside of us. So we're looking at everyone and we're like, oh, like, or I should want that. And then it just keeps it going and it's just so exhausting and destructive. Don't you want to be enjoying the life that you've created rather than always wanting the life that you don't have yet?
0: Yeah, 100%. I just thought about Q2, like earnings calls. (laughs) When you're like a publicly traded company, like (laughs) how miserable. You know what I mean? To be like Q2's earnings calls, if we didn't grow... Everyone's getting fired. Mm-hmm. We also talked about her process with reorienting herself with this new iteration and version of her. So she's been someone who she realized on a psychedelic journey that created a lot because of her desire to be seen or her desire to be seen as smart or be validated And then when she actually realized that like a part of her service or her service to the planet is actually being in joy and being in creativity and being in movement, being in dance, being in what makes her feel good. So how she really plans to make that sustainable for her life and support herself and really living more in that rather than like what the ego's desires were previously when she was first creating her business. Yeah. Our attachment to identities is so strong i know you know
1: and it's like when we kind of entertain a potential change or shift it kind of begins to like shake the foundation of what what we think we are but it's yeah. not really who we are i also really loved she talked a lot about just like her evolution of her relationship with her partner and just yeah. how he supports her and like what that really looks like within their relationship and their conversations and how he's able to really sense and see when she's kind of looping you know and how he kind of brings her out of that and yeah just allowing each other to like be free and evolve mm-hmm. you know and grow and have that be just like such a supportive petri dish rather than yeah. like uh oh you're getting bigger and what does that mean for us you know it's just it's yeah
0: that was supportive. really inspiring
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: also they're ceremonies that they do together the mushroom ceremonies they do together or psilocybin ceremonies they do together yeah i loved how she talked about their relationship it seemed super inspiring to think that especially for where i'm at in my life that you could have someone that you could grow with in that way yeah is like Mm -hmm. whoa
1: Mm -hmm. i completely agree
0: completely i'm excited for you guys to listen you're gonna laugh you're gonna cry Marie For oh, baby. Is one of my favorite conversations we've had in a really long time. Marie is just such a G and she's one of the best in the biz. So you're going to truly enjoy it. And she also was talking about B school mm-hmm. relaunching. Mm-hmm. So B school, she completely redid from the inside and out and is really excited about having that out there and then really going for it with her dancing career.
1: I know I can't wait. I can't wait to we're gonna take class with her at Forward Space in New York. It's one of her favorites. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to share this with a friend, maybe with a family member, especially anyone who's like curious about plant medicine or psychedelics and that experience. And be sure to subscribe to our show. So if you're not subscribed, do that so that every single week you can get new episodes and subscribe to Morning Microdose, our other little baby. This is a place where our intention is to provide a dose of inspiration of love of joy of curiosity first thing in the morning rather than scrolling on our phones and getting to the emails we can just put this in our ears maybe take a walk maybe just sit and drink tea whatever but it really sets the tone so Mm -hmm. subscribe enjoy we love you
0: guys we'll see you soon bye bye
1: I am juggling quite a bit lately. I have a new baby um, six months in and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health Passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products um, that are clean, plant based, uh, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, So let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3K2, it's the liposomal form. I just squirt little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets, whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, So I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. therapy y'all I don't know I just I don't know what I did before therapy to be completely honest with you I think I was kind of a mess but you know found it when I was meant to but I have been going to therapy for about six years now which is so crazy so crazy but it has changed my life and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can I feel like it has totally totally made my relationships better That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash almost 30.
2: So like douche Chill shows up. If you watch any kind of reality TV, you could love it. You could want people to win. And again, it's just, it's all of us. We experience it for ourselves. We experience it for other people. And it's that ick feeling. It is. It's cringe to like 110 X. Isn't it crazy how you feel in your body? Yes. I know. Yeah. And, and And it's so douchey that you both, like, want to look away and can't yeah. stop watching. Oh, it's douche chill. Yeah, yeah. You, you wrote deuce, like <laughs> douche Bigelow. I saw your spelling. I was, I like,
0: was Go like, for it. I was like, so
2: double the chill, but what? <laughs> 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 yeah. Again, okay. it's a total made-up term, Jersey term. People who are there know it. Yeah. And it's just, I'm just bringing it out to a wider what audience. What would be a situation that you had a douche chill? Oh, douche chill is, um, this will be great. Like, I remember going on a pretty amazing guided journey with a lot of different medicines, we'll call them, whatever drugs, great ones. <laughs> and <laughs> part of it was around, you know, you're going to listen to your soul speak. And so you recorded the journey audio wise. And so a friend who had turned me on to it, she's like, have you listened to it? I'm like, so fucking leap. Not. Mm -mm. No. She's like, are you, this is the whole point. It had so many messages. I'm like, A, I remember the messages. B, if I hear my own voice in that state, like I will absolutely, you can't unhear that. Mm -hmm. It will be stuck in my brain of like, what an idiot you are, that kind of thing. If you've ever seen a picture of yourself drunk, if you've ever seen a picture of yourself thinking that you are the like best thing ever Uh or a video of such a time, you know what I'm talking Mm about.
1: And remembering those outfits where you're like, you were so oh, yeah. excited to wear them. You were so like, it was all about the outfit. And then you look back at the picture 10 years later and you're like,
0: oh my Mine's God. when I said stuff and I thought I was so, like sometimes I'll listen to podcast clips and I'm like, you think you're something else.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know yes. when you just think that you're being so profound or whatever, I'm like, you thought, <laughs> honey. <laughs> you thought. I and mean, it's just, I mean, that's the thing about being a public figure that people don't think about how many opportunities you have for cringe a
2: yeah. 100 and for embarrassment yeah. and for just to see yourself be like oh my god selfies can we talk about no. selfies can we even talk about the need for selfies or the need for putting yourself like I? Yes. so this just this morning because you, you put know, a fire one out uh, that one it Fired. was like one but thank you It takes literally like six or seven hundred, but in the act of me doing it, and I understand the mechanics. I understand the math. I understand that for any like great photo, you are going to have at least 30, if not 40 ones that are total shit, right? And as I'm doing it, I'm like, this is ridiculous. And at this point in the game, because I've been, you know, doing what I'm doing for 22 years, like I'm so tired of seeing Mm -hmm. myself. I'm like, I've said it all. I've said all the things. Now I just want to talk about like beauty and fun and pop culture. And like, let's talk about some fashion. Let's definitely talk about business, bringing Erewhon over to the East Coast, like all the things. We can go deep, of course, but it's like I've been deep for so long. So like sitting here with a phone in front of my face, it just douche chill. Do I chill. actually relate so much. I was talking to a friend
0: about this because yes, when, and I'm someone that's so deep naturally, but then it becomes like my brand and I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. Yes. You guys don't know me like that. I'm not <laughs> just like, deep. but your feed. Yeah, yes. like, exactly. Are you depressed? Yeah. yeah, And it's like that where you cultivate something because you want to be known for that and you want to be in that space of entrepreneurship or business or whatever the lane is. And then it becomes, like, how people view you, and it, then it becomes something that feels like a burden. Yeah, and a caricature or yes. a parody. Yeah. Like, yes.
2: I'll tell you, I'm a truly, genuinely optimistic, positive person. Like, that's my DNA. And sometimes I'll see my own stuff, and I'm like, oh, God, shut up. Like, <laughs> Like I want to slap yeah. myself. Yes. I'm like, honey, sit down. <laughs> like, please, just sit. Everybody good. They don't need you telling them anything. Just sit, girl.
1: But I mean, that's the thing about like viewing ourselves online. Yeah, it's yes. such a trippy thing. Yeah, because no one is really taking us in, and that maybe a few people are taking us in in that way. But like it's it's such a weird mirror because you're like is that actually me because it doesn't feel like that coming out oh totally
2: it doesn't feel like that coming out and even like images whenever I see them I'm like do I really look like that like it feels like not you know whatever I'm like oh god and that's and that's what makes me go like just get the phone out of my damn face like what is something creative I can do that's productive or collaborative with other people as long as I just don't make me look at myself don't make me take selfies. Mm-hmm, I don't totally. want to be like, I can be hey cute everyone. in real life. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> I don't know who's, I don't know who this, wait, what's the line? I don't know who needs to hear this right now, but if I hear that again, oh I will stick a fucking fork in Dude, my eye. 100%. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know I, who I don't, needs to hear this right now, but, but maybe And it's by you. the way, maybe it's you and maybe it's me or maybe yes. it's all of us, yes. right? But like sometimes it feels so forced. Yes. And by the way, PS, you can probably pull up my Instagram at some point and maybe, I don't know, that's the one where I may have drawn mm-hmm. the line. Do you, do you know what yes, I mean? So like, I actually I know don't exactly. Think, because for me, it always feels a little forced, contrived, not real. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it's yeah. Like, you can just, I think it's like you can just say
0: what you want to say yeah. yeah. without even being yes. like, this is for you, yeah. person out there. <laughs> you know, like, I'm doing this for you and I uh-huh. know you need to hear this. Uh-huh. I think it's funny when I'll be, this is so random, but scrolling like something. And it's like a tarot reader or something. They're like, I've got a message Yeah, Don't you. stop scrolling. And you're like,
2: oh, my God. That shit I'm always down for. Like, I have no to say bitch, for that's me. that's
0: black magic.
2: <laughs> no. So I'm always down for like, um, I love something that like if I can read a book or open a book or see something and then there's a little message and feel like it's for me, yes. I think it's fun. I yeah, that's fun. like synchronicities and yes. play and joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But so on this, I'm really grateful we're talking about this. Because I think so many people have that experience where they are they either find success or they try and find something or a place where they can hang their hat. Yeah. Of like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a dancer. I'm a, and I'm saying all the things you are. I need to think of something else, but you know, all these things and then they become it and then it becomes something that they want to move away from. So what's your journey with that been like, because you are so successful and I totally get it where you're like, I want to be light. I want to have fun. Like, I don't want to just be in this space where
2: I'm predictable or where I'm saying things that are just a percentage of who I am. Correct. So I think that's one of the cool things about getting older and I talk about this so much like. The sometimes it's like just the shedding of the fucks is really, really freeing and wonderful. And for me personally, I've always called myself a multi passionate entrepreneur because, again, there's been so many things that I've been into and I like. And I think at this stage of my journey, I'm really excited about letting go of anything that feels stale and anything that feels like, you know what, I've been there and done that and I'm super interested in who i'm becoming and i don't know who that is yet i think that there's a lot of excitement and there's a lot of possibility in saying okay great i've had this amazing career so far i love that i'm grateful for it it's all cool but to a certain degree i'm like okay what's next what else do i want to explore and when this first started kind of bubbling up in me it was terrifying it was absolutely terrifying because i'm like wait you know what i i I've gotten so much success doing this and this is who I'm known as and this is what I've done and this is how I've helped people. Like, I can't let this go. Now I'm like, fuck it. What's next? You, it. There's so much excitement there. And, you know, before we started recording, we were just talking about fitness classes and things like that. And that's where so much of my journey started. When I was starting my coaching practice, I was also a, a dancer and one of the world's first Nike Elite dance athletes, which that didn't even exist. And I just popped. I was like, this is dope. This is awesome. And now I find myself My partner, Josh, says, well, what do you want to do more of? And it's honestly dance. Like I find myself dancing in class and hitting up all of like choreographers I know and people I know that'll do privates. And I'm like, hey, can I get a private with you? Hey, can I do this? Hey, can I get more involved in this? Because it's what's bringing me so much joy and it has absolutely nothing to do with a revenue stream or a business. It's like what my soul Mm. wants And it's so exciting and so invigorating. And I don't feel like I've ever been here before because the earlier part of my life, I can only say this now because I can see it in retrospect. It didn't necessarily feel like it back then. Mm. But as I look back, it was like I was so scared and I wanted to prove myself and I wanted to make money and I wanted to, you know, have all of these things like independence, financial independence, to have a career, to be able to help people and, so much of that drive and work and constant pushing for like decades. Once I did that, I was like, okay, well, now what? I don't want to keep doing that for the next 20, 30 years. It's just not true to who I am anymore. And so I'm just kind of interested in getting back to some artistry and some exploration. Do you feel like
1: leaning into this passion for dance that you've always had? Do you feel like that's the path to the next thing? Yeah. It does. Like allowing yourself to be open to not like, I guess, monetizing the dance or doing whatever. Okay. A hundred percent. Can you describe that path? It's almost like a manifestation technique. It feels like
2: almost. Yeah. So, and this is, this is the truth. So I've always been like back in the day in my college days, I was a party girl. Like, just, uh, right. (laughs) I mean, you know did a lot of drugs, went to a lot of clubs, danced my buns Mm -hmm. off, you know, would come out, stumble out of these places. Like in New York City, there's this place called The Tunnel that was the dopest. Dude. (laughs) Right? I I can feel the tunnel right now. I have a friend that goes to the tunnel. I'm like... It was insanity in the best way. Like glow sticks. I would sell glow sticks. I would give them away to other people. fucking amazing. That that was one of my highest earning jobs, by the way. No way. I'm telling you, because I would sell $5 glow sticks and because people were like rolling their yes. tri- like they were super happy they would like hand me 20s and not want any change back so it was i would roll home with like a stack sometimes between 3 and 600 a night from selling glow sticks wow. i'm not kidding you and dancing and then you roll out and you go to like mamoun's in new york city and i'm you know shoving a falafel in my face and i go home <laughs> and it's like the steering wheel is crusted with tahini and you know there's tin foil it's just it was awesome all of this to say that I think it was maybe like about a year ago, a really dear friend of mine said, hey, there is this person that does these like kind of guided journeys under medical supervision. And it's just like you get to hear your soul speak. And like that sounded really enticing to me. And I said, is it safe? And so she she walked me through the whole thing. And I said, all right, I think I want to do it. And Josh and I was like, do you want to do it together? We're very adventuresome together. And so we go and do this thing. And it was like a weekend very full journey and it was, you know, the set and the setting and the container and this particular person is a doctor. So I was like, okay, this is all cool. And when my soul started to speak, um, first of all, I was like, wow, this is the best MDMA I have ever been on in my (laughs) entire life. And that's, it, it was wild. And all my soul was saying was how my purpose is to be in joy is to dance and to experience that and to allow other people to see me enjoy, mm. which totally fucked with my idea of producing, of giving value, of like creating all these things that will, quote, unquote, help other people. So I don't know if any of this is tracking with you guys. Yes. But it took me a while to process that. It's huge. Because it was so different than how I had programmed slashed habitualized my own experience for the past 20 years, which is produce, 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 create, 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 help, 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 serve, serve, serve. And this whole message was like, Mm-mm, you're kind of done with that. You need to be in joy. Isn't
0: that it's actually so wild. And I'm so grateful we're talking about this because in all the spiritual texts that I've been reading, it actually talks about. The greatest service is living a life that's really aligned for you, and being in joy, and actually enjoying your life, and that's how you serve humanity. I actually have
2: chills for myself. No, I actually got chills for myself, and it almost made me Mm -hmm. emotional because it was a very emotional experience for me, because it did not compute.
0: Yes, that's not what we've been taught. I actually have chills again. Because a lot in our culture, you know, if we're thinking about, I grew up in a Catholic, Christianity, that's kind of like the undercurrent. It is service in a way that's like martyrdom. Yeah. And it's almost like, how can you serve others? And there's a great benefit to service. I'm not saying that we're all just going to no longer serve each other. But I think in our society and culture, we kind of distort service to other and actually don't understand how to best serve and then lose ourselves along the way. Mm -hmm. Totally. And there's like a distortion of value. Yes. so like what is valuable
1: mm-hmm. so we think like providing mm-hmm. you know whatever yes. it is the I'm thing. gonna help empower women I'm yes. gonna do these yes. things which like- are all amazing things but we forget that there's this innate and intrinsic value in like you said yeah. aliveness
2: it. aliveness yes and I love that. beingness and you know for me I had such an addiction for so many years and and it's there's two pieces of this. Like I've been super like workaholism is super easy for me because I genuinely love what I do. So there's like kind yeah. of a bleeding of lines because it's not like I'm necessarily quote unquote punishing myself to do it. Sometimes it can bleed over into that. So that's easy for me, but it is usually coming from a really pure place because I do enjoy it so much. But this particular journey really opened my eyes to start to understand like, How? And start to actually look back on my own experience in a different way where I could see so much desire to prove how smart I was or to want people to take me seriously or all of these things that I know have kind of I've carried around with me for so many years. And then I was like, whoa, when I really look back, it's like some of what makes my brand really different is the joy, is the playfulness. And I was like, holy shit, that's been the whole secret all along. And I've almost contained it. Because I wanted to be something, be taken seriously. Does any of this make sense? Yes. yes, And it was like this whole trip brought me back to like, oh my gosh, the more you are in joy, it was, and again, I might be getting a little out there with this. We're out there. But it is as you are in joy, when other people witness that, they start vibrating at that level and discovering it for themselves. So that is actually the service. It is almost by Mm -hmm. a frequency alignment rather than... And this was, again, my soul. She's so much smarter than I am. She's like, it actually doesn't matter what you say. It's not about what you teach. Because I was asking questions. I'm real inquisitive. And during this particular <laughs> experience, I'm like, yeah, but what about- what should my next book be? You know, like yeah. I'm doing the whole ego thing, <laughs> yes. wanting to get some answers, yeah. wanting to get some download. And She was like, like, okay, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, where's my notes? I know this is being recorded. Yes. Let me ask this, let me yes. ask that. And I was no. like, but wait, what about this? This doesn't make, she's like, "Nope. it actually does not matter what you say. It does not matter what you teach. It is about joy and dance and you need to be in joy and allow other people to witness you in that. And that is the ultimate mm, service. And I yes. was just like, boom. Like the frequency is felt. Yes. Yes. yes.
1: Okay, I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app, um, Superhuman.
0: Joe Dispenza talks about entrainment and entrainment basically is the cell that's vibrating at the highest frequency will help entrain or lift the other ones up. So when you're vibrating at a specific frequency of joy, you're actually able to bring people up Mm -hmm. to that frequency with you. And I think we're at a point
1: on Earth where we need more of that modeled because we're so used to being shown the struggle that it takes to get what you want. And... I know that I'm sure all of us have experienced kind of the reprogramming that needed to happen around ease and pleasure and yes. joy and getting what you want. Yes. I mean, the word that always cycles in my mind for my childhood is like, you gotta sacrifice. Yeah. You gotta sacrifice to get there. And I don't think that's completely wrong. There are moments, obviously, but it's like that word just had
2: so much density to it that mm-hmm. it felt like this trudge to get to where I wanted to go. And don't you think it's a little bit too in terms of evolution of stages? Like I feel like I had to go through everything that I went through. Like I needed yes. to basically work my buns off and my yes. eyeballs needed to fall out and I needed to drive myself into burn. Like I needed to yeah. do all of those things because it was a part of my journey and I, I learned so much from it. And then it became like, oh, I know how to do this. What else is there? Mm. Like, let me experience the other dimensions and capacities of creation. Let me experience myself in these different ways. By the way, you just talked about Joe Dispenza. Oh, my goodness. So that was the year last year where I just went like when I'm into something. Yes. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> deep. like I'm just like, get me all the things. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. I am in. It's on like flan. So I had done a bunch of Dr. Joe retreats last year. And it was awesome because it felt, I was like, how are all of these things lining up? Everything that I was learning and getting in my meditations and in those retreats and then this other, you know, very, very different guided journey, fantastical experience, um, all were about that frequency alignment. It's, yeah, I mean, it's such a paradigm
0: shift because... What you were doing before and what I've done, what a lot of us do and believe is that with the doing, you will receive love. Mm -hmm. With me being seen as smart, me being seen as these things, by doing or achieving, I will receive love. And this is really saying by being and being in a joyful frequency or state, which is what we deserve, that is how we will receive love. And it almost I can hear or maybe I have an undertone of it where people can see that as being selfish where it's like oh like you enjoying your life living your best life is really the greatest service but i really love it too because in a lot of the spiritual texts that i that i really love like the law of one it's like how can we honor our own free will and the free will of others yes because i think a lot of time we're imposing on other people's free will when we have this perception that other people need help or other people need us to do things for them or i'm starting this because i want to help people do this i hear that all the time with podcasters that we coach While it is so noble to have the desire for service to be first, I think oftentimes people negate what their actual true desire is. Yes. And then it becomes about other people and not about them. Yep. And that won't sustain the career or business. And it won't really give you like, what is like, what's true? Like, can you actually be honest about Mm. You just loving to hear yourself talk. or you loving to talk about something? Totally. You know, and not just like, I have to serve these people.
2: Or you actually want the fame or the money or the attention. Like, that's valid. Like, let's be real about it. The honesty with ourselves about what we actually want. There's so much freedom than that. Here's a question I have for you guys. I'm curious. On your journey where you are right now, have you noticed... The more that you've started to explore these topics and feel into your truth, like, do you feel like your desires or ambitions have shifted in terms of the dial? For me, for example, I'm like, wow, when I get real about what I really want, it's so much simpler than it used to be. Mm. And my body also, I feel like she's speaking louder. I flew over here the other day from New York City, and I was so excited because for whatever reason, I get a ton done on planes. Planes is like... I knew I was like, oh, I have all this backlog of emails. I have these folks I just want to get back to. And so I'm going through my emails and there was invites in there from different speaking opportunities and beautiful things from friends and colleagues that I absolutely love and admire. But when I would look at each email and I'd look at the possibility and wanting to press a video, this, that, the other thing, my body screamed, nope, (laughs) like it was like absolutely not. And there was nothing wrong with them. It was just, it was not pleasurable. It Mm -hmm. was not desirable. It doesn't matter how much exposure it was going to be. The speaking fee, for example, super generous, amazing, grateful for it. But it was like my body was like, no. And the desire for simplicity. Have you guys actually, have you checked out the Freedom Transmissions? Mm-mm. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Okay. So the Freedom <laughs> Transmissions by Carissa Schumacher. I might not get this perfect, so I'm going to paraphrase. So anyone listening, forgive me if it's not the right details. She is a channel for Yeshua. uh uh-huh. Okay. And she wrote this Beautiful book it came out maybe last year or the year before, but it is essentially Jesus. And it's not about sitting in a religious context, it is about that mm-hmm. consciousness coming through. And there were four words, and they really stuck with me. And he talks about it, or this being talks about it, as the four chambers of the heart simplicity, stability, surrender, and stillness. Simplicity, stability, surrender, and stillness. And this notion of really embracing those energies as a force in your life, and if you move towards them, there's this tremendous peace that starts to emanate from you and this tremendous clarity that you start to feel. And for whatever reason, when I read those words in this book, they really, really lit something up at me. And I've been using those words as almost like daily rooted ideas for how I want to move through my day and how I want to make decisions. And I find that when I'm moving towards those energies or or embodying them, everything gets so clear. And I find that so much of the static and so much of the kind of neurosis that has driven me in the past feels like it just has melted away.
1: And it's I, I'm, I'm really glad you said this, because I wanted to ask you about kind of your relationship with slowing down and stillness and because I feel like with someone who's so accomplished, and I, I feel like, you know, we feel this sometimes where can we slow down? Yes. Yeah. There's it's a like, lot of fear. There's yeah. a lot of fear that comes up around simplifying and slowing down. And I've I've definitely felt that call to simplify as of late. And I think it's after getting married and just kind of like rooting down, there's like a lot of like peace and stability in that for me. Yeah. And it just, I think it's that those four words make me think of my true confidence. Yes. Like where I really find, it's not about the accolades, it's not about all these things that we do. It's like when I have those things constant and in place and I can travel to that place very quickly and easily, that's where my true
2: confidence lives. It's yes. not in the doing of all the things. Let's talk about the fears that come around slowing down or yeah. around shifting gears or around, in all honesty, my viewpoint is it's evolving. It's you're growing, yeah. you're changing, you are growing into more, of I believe, who you're meant to be. And it's like, what got you here won't get you there. Yeah. You know, that classic book and that classic notion. The only thing that we can depend on in life is impermanence and change. And that includes ourselves. It includes how we look. It includes our ambitions. It includes, you know, and this is, I think, a piece of it. One of the interesting parts about doing the things that we do or anyone who has somewhat of a public persona in any way is this massive fear of irrelevance that you've worked so hard on your climb up and then you get to whatever certain point that feels like, oh, my goodness, things are going great. There's people that appreciate my work. You're, you know, all the things are kind of lining up. And then when the ground starts to shift underneath you and what worked in the past doesn't work anymore, whether it's the external, like the numbers are going down, the business is shifting, the market is shifting, or it's your desires that are shifting. It's your ambitions, your, the craving of what you want to experience is shifting. That's terrifying. And it also happens to coincide, I think for many of us, with getting older. So then you actually start to see physical changes or you start to experience physical changes. There's changes happening, you know, and yeah. uh, so often comes a time where people might be losing parents, loved ones, right? So all of these shifts and changes. And I think, you know, when it comes to simplifying or considering it or considering shifting gears, I think a big fear that popped up for me, and I feel like I talk with it about a lot of people too, is the fear of irrelevance of mm-hmm. losing what you built. Of, of losing the thing that you work so hard for. And if you stop pedaling so fast and pushing so hard, it's all going to be taken away. And I can tell you, at least from my experience, it's not true. It's not true. And what's cool about it, too, for me, is that the more I've given myself permission to just really feel into what's a true yes and what's not, and to also question my own assumptions You know, about running a business, like we've all been conditioned, right? Okay, we're supposed to work five days a week. It's supposed to look like this. You're supposed to have X many weeks of vacation and you know we know obviously a lot of people are experimenting with four hour work weeks or whatever but I'm interested for me I'm going like why why do I want to keep showing up every single day what would life look like if I would do it a little bit differently is anyone really gonna care if I'm like oh what if I want to take two months off or three months off? Or what does downshifting like I want I'm interested in experimenting in a major way Mm. and I'm interested in facing those fears of irrelevance because what is it irrelevance of, of like having what, not as many people like my friggin' Instagram or having a little less people sign up for my, pr- like, what is the big effing deal? So those are the questions mm-hmm. I'm asking it's myself. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Yeah. And it's really brave of you, you know, to do that and talk about it. But it's
0: so true because when you feel like you're really, it's codependency a little bit. It's like, you feel like your success is dependent on the audience or the people that you're with. But I think when you were going through that, I guess, like what was your support or mental conversation or like what was the dialogue you were having? Was it in therapy? Was it with your partner? Because a lot of people can have these things come up where they have the fears. Yeah. How were you sort of working through them where you got to the point where you could see that
2: the purpose was joy rather than kind of falling back into it? Yeah. A couple things. So one, Josh, we've been together now 20 years. And one of my favorite parts of our relationship is we talk about everything and anything and we're very energetically we're so synced up energetically he's also one of the most intuitive humans i've ever met so i can't bullshit him right so if he catches he's like what are you doing he'll be like he says don't let that mean girl beat baby up." he calls me baby he's like don't let stop it she's beating her up stop it so we often will just talk whether it's in the middle of the day or in the middle of the night about like whatever torture chamber is happening inside my head we just kind of get it out there My best friend, Chris Carr and I. So Chris, uh, I love her. We've been like soulmates forever, but we usually talk, I don't know, anywhere between four and five times a week on FaceTime. She lives in Connecticut. I lived in New York and we just have FaceTime coffee together like at 6.30 a.m. in the morning. And we literally flush through all the bullshit in our Mm. minds. You know, we talk about the great things. We talk about makeup, beauty, real estate, all this stuff. And then When the the stuff comes up and you're like, okay, here's what I'm gnawing on, or I had a dream about, or I had a nightmare about this last night, or here's what I'm wrestling with. The meditation practice with Dr. Joe, all of that work has been tremendous. And then honestly, it was like that big journey that I was telling you about, that kind of guided, Mm -hmm. awesome, all these different quote unquote plant medicines, great drugs. That was wonderful. And then Josh and I throughout like last year, and I would say maybe like once a quarter, we'll do like a little... We call them like little museum doses of mushrooms mm-hmm. at our place out in Sag Harbor. And we literally just feel like we'll listen to Miles Davis for hours or we'll dance around you know, and yeah. just like move our bodies. And that in particular for me, that has been this wonderful practice where I often see things in those little like micro journeys where I remember one time I was being my mind was being obsessive about social media and like how I'm pretty bad at it I just want to say I'm like the worst like the worst the worst and was beating myself up like oh if you really cared you would do it more and you'd have your phone on more and you take more videos and you know so I was going through this thing and then I was going through this thing of comparing myself to mm. so many of my colleagues who are like literally amazing at it right and so I did this microdose of mushrooms and I was sitting on my couch And literally, the thought came in or whatever, the voice came in like, Marie, it's all bullshit. And for whatever reason, the veil had lifted Mm. and I saw the ridiculousness of my egoic mind, how it was torturing me about this stupid thing and how much pain I was causing myself, but I was able to witness it from such a non-judgmental, almost humorous place, Yeah. that when that journey was complete, I was like, shit, I'm, yeah. <laughs> like, it was, do you know what I mean, like, it was, so, it was such totally. a cash clearing, and it was such a release, and I did not go back to some of those mental torture chambers that would eat up so much of my day. So, between, like, talking with Josh, talking with Chris, These beautiful meditations of just connecting, and then these different Mm -hmm. wonderful experiences. Specifically, you know, with psilocybin, I remember one time I did it, and I this is maybe TMI, but whatever. We're talking about it. It's like I literally felt like, oh, I'm being taught what it's like to be a mushroom, and mm -hmm. and literally, (laughs) I had a whole thing about wow. Next time I go into the grocery store, I'm like. I got you. I know exactly what that feels like, shiitake. I know exactly what that feels like, portobello. Yes. You're yes. like, like, hey, girl. Yes. It was like, thank you. Thank you for showing me. I was like, it's really fun to be like, you. are like, those are my sisters. Yes, that's exactly what i like. So it's just. We are kind of
0: technically all mushrooms. Yeah, truly. Really- you <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> technically. Yeah, we've talked a lot about microdosing in our experience with psilocybin and the various ways that it's really supported us. But it does really provide just like it kind of props up the thought And just allows you to kind of come at it with like humor and grace so you can really look at it with truth because we get so caught up in believing the thought is true or sometimes not even knowing it's there. You know, you could be unconsciously on social media comparing and thinking those things. Yes. But the way that psilocybin supports is by kind of presenting that so that you can create new neural pathways with it, which is really powerful. Yeah. When you first tried it, were you
2: nervous?
1: You said you did drugs in college, oh but like what was your Same. kind of intro to this? So if you were
2: selling glow sticks, honey. I know your <laughs> Oh my gosh. It was super fun. So like my early experiences with mushrooms were in college and I'm a lightweight, just to be clear on everything in life. Like I can't have too much of something. Sure. And I remember like my first experience in college was with a guy I was dating at the time, super sweet guy. And we were kind of out in a field and man the trees were dancing i definitely had way too much and and then i remember being in my dorm going like am i dying is this death i had definitely taken way too much and so now at this stage of my journey i've always loved mushrooms a i'm a huge smurf fan so i legitimately have like 80 smurf figurines i was a member of the official smurf fan club so anything with mushrooms it's just simpatico with so you know when this kind of got reintroduced to me and it was like oh let's let's try this again not in like a college party way but just in a different stage i was just excited to experience myself in a different way and i wasn't nervous about it i just realized that i needed to understand dosage hmm. because when i have too much it's not a good trip let's just say that yeah. and so i've had those experiences so it was just about understanding how to just have enough to have a beautiful journey and then to not go to some weird place where I'm lying on my bed going like, oh my God, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm yes. dying, i am I dying? Totally. I think we've all felt like we were dying. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I remember like saying bye to everyone. I was like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, yes, Writing yes. my funeral speech. I was like, thank you so much. Like, <laughs> and then you have had conscious dying where I was like, oh my God, I loved her. Mm-hmm. Like I remember one experience where the person, the version of me that existed, I would just saw myself. I'm like, wow, I was such a good... I just loved how my soul decided to express in this life. Yes. I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. she's so amazing. Like, look at all the aspects of her. And I was like, I'm going to miss this one. This was like a good iteration Mm -hmm. of my experience here on Earth, you know?
2: What was the plant medicine in particular? So it was... So this was interesting. And this was a little bit of leap of faith for me. So they had a proprietary blend. I'm doing bunny ears for everyone listening. And we weren't, it was like they wouldn't tell us what was in it, but the friend who had recommended this particular experience to me, I trust her so much and she is super dialed in in terms of the medical community and she's super dialed in on so many levels that I asked her, I said, are you sure? Like this is safe because I'm super not into like, we can't tell you what's in it, you're just going to trust us and do this thing. However on a leap of faith and I checked in with my intuition and my intuition was all green lights. You know what I mean? So I said, okay. I know because (laughs) I was like, this is some good MDMA. (laughs) Like I could feel that. I know from my glow stick days (laughs) what's going on there. I know that was a piece of it. There was some kind of little warm-up pill that they had us take Mm -hmm. that I Asked And like I could not arm twist it out of them. And here's the reason I asked. I was like, whatever that was, it was one of the first times in my life there was this little window of time where I felt like I only had one mental tab open. I'd never experienced that before. Who knows if I'll ever experience it again. But as someone who has ADHD, I'd never felt that type of settled focus. And it was super, super, super peaceful. There was no kind of racy edge to it. It was, it was extraordinary. But again, I couldn't arm twist it out of them. And then the other thing that I definitely know, because again, Club Kid, Special K days, there was definitely ketamine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely ketamine. Totally. Ketamine for me hasn't
0: provided much, but like I was laughing with my therapist. We did a ketamine journey and I fell asleep. <laughs> She's like, like she, we woke up after and she was like, you slept the whole time. I'm like, Got it. (laughs) Like Sometimes I just can't really get into it, but I think exploring them has been really beautiful. Did you have any apprehension or I guess because, and I had done, I had my party drug phase, so it actually supported me in finding these medicines helpful. I guess from the identity that you have as an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, like super successful, all these things, was there a part of you that's like, is this something that Marie Forleo, businesswoman extraordinaire
2: does? No, to be honest. So what I have shown people is the real It is the real me, right? So anyone that actually knows me, it's like they know whatever you see on camera, like that's really me. I am really a goofy, crazy motherfucker, right? Like that's it. I know how to clean it up for network where I'm not going to say the F-bombs. I know how to be appropriate to wherever I am. However, what I have shown the world is not anywhere near the full me. So there wasn't a concern And I don't really talk about this stuff on my podcast, not because I'm not interested in it. It's just we haven't gone there yet. And it's just so I'm super excited to be able to talk about it with you guys. But I think that, especially from a scientific research perspective, I'm get i so fascinated. And it honestly brings tears to my eyes because I care about humans. And we've all read or seen the studies with vets or various people from every walk of life who struggle with PTSD. And they're battling extremely difficult things and they happen to find themselves in a situation where they can experience plant medicine or some type of therapy that is not a traditional thing for our particular culture and they have these extraordinary healings in such short amount of times I remember I went to a film screening in Shelter Island and there was a gentleman many tours through Iraq And no matter what he did with the VA, like he was about to end his life and he showed up at the VA and they were basically like, "Mm, can't help you. And it was this incredible thing where he finally got into a program where he could get plant medicine. And now he's a huge advocate and he's working on bipartisan support to make sure that kind of some of the errors of our past Where we started to research these beautiful possibilities then got sent underground because it was hippie stuff and dangerous and you're going to melt your brain and all the bullshit that happened back in the 60s and 70s. So I think that, I don't know how I got there, but essentially there's so much promise and possibility for so many of our fellow humans, ourselves included, that are struggling with addiction, PTSD, so many things. That I just think it's important that we talk about it, that we're responsibly talking about it and that people understand that there's not just one way to solve a problem and that there should be many, 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 many different options on the table and that you make educated decisions, but that you're open-minded to yes. see what else is out there. And it's really like a practice
1: in trusting yourself too, because yeah. I think people just wait to be diagnosed and given what you know their doctor, their says. doctor says they should have and- you mentioned your intuition before. And I just think that disconnection from your intuition, I've just noticed in myself and in others as one of the pieces of depression, anxiety, et cetera. So I just think in modeling this in just sharing these stories of like alternative ways, we're showing that we can follow kind of what we're we're called to. And it doesn't necessarily have to be so prescriptive. In terms of your intuition, has your intuition been something that's always been loud and clear? Because I feel like someone would look at your career and be like,
2: oh yeah, she's got that unlocked." Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is something I feel like I can thank my mom for. So growing up in New Jersey, I um, was in the suburbs and I was always like a super independent kid. Like I just, so my greatest value in the world is freedom. I've known that. It's just like how this thing is built. And I remember I was like four years old in kindergarten. and I wanted to walk to school by myself. And my mom was like, no freaking way. Are you kidding me? You're four. She's like, maybe when you're like five (laughs) and a half. And it was a few blocks. And once I finally got old enough, my mom said, all right, look, I'm going to let you walk a couple blocks to school once. She's like, but you have to make me a promise. And this is like in the 80s. She's like, if a car pulls up and it's like, hey, little girl, I got some candy. Come, let me give it to you. She's like, you need to pay attention. There's a small, still voice inside of you. It, it's God. This is how she framed it, grew up Catholic. She's like, you have a direct line to God. You don't need to go to church, but you have to listen to this little voice. And whenever it tells you run or whatever, you must listen to it and it will never steer you wrong. So I feel like from a very young age, I was trained to listen within. And she taught me that this little small voice existed. Wow. So by the time I became a teenager, by the time I was a young adult, I was so practiced listening, not great at it, but I had a framework for it and I had some experience. And I think that's also one of the other gifts of getting older. I feel like my intuition just keeps growing louder and louder and like, Physically I've always been intolerant. It's hard for me to make really bad decisions cuz my body revolts. It literally it'll get sick, it'll drop, I'll start crying, I can't move. Like it's it's very mm. very connected. And I think that even with all of these things, like I really tapped in when my friend was like you need to do this. It was super expensive. They wouldn't tell me what the hell is in it. You know that kind of big journey. Sure. But I checked in and it really felt right. Like there was no signals. I was like this feels really good. And I'll say to build on that, there's been some times when Josh is like, oh, let's like do a little journey or whatever. And I check in and I'm like, babe, they're not calling me. Mm -hmm. Again, my experience with being the mushrooms in the grocery store, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I can feel them. I know when they're calling me to like, hey, it's time for you to be with us. And then there's other times and I'm not interested. Again, did the Mm -hmm. club version, the recreate, been there, done that. Awesome. Not going to go back. So now I use the intuition too, where I really check in. It's like, oh, does my body or soul... Is there some kind of clearing that needs to happen? Is there some energetic block or is there some mental thing happening where I just need a little bit of an assist for a reset? And if not, I don't go near that. How has it helped your relationship? Oh my gosh. So I think Josh and I have always been really close and they've only, any experience that we've had together, both like we do Dr. Joe together. So we've done our retreats. We do meditation together often, usually in the mornings. And any of our microdosing or even like that big journey, it just continues to bring us closer. Like I just love who he is as a soul. And I've always known that he's my person. And I feel like just seeing different aspects of who he is and we've seen different aspects of who we are. And I'm just even more sure that our souls want to be together. Mm. And it's just they're like we love talking about fun experiences and so we often reflect back. we're like oh my god do you remember we did this we did that whatever and it's so it's just been it's been really good and for him he's a really intuitive being he's a very creative being so oftentimes you know we're like listening to music or we're i don't know Mm -hmm. going deep on stuff it's fun just being in flow
0: yeah i think it's powerful a lot of my friends use it as kind of like a relationship tune-up like every Mm -hmm. quarter it's like where you can either do MDMA together or psilocybin and especially with MDMA I mean I did that a lot at the beginning of my previous relationship and it was so heart opening like it just really gave us this opportunity to just connect straight to the heart and really get deep in this really beautiful way so I think having medicine to support people if you're coming in with the right intention and you have enough of a foundation mm-hmm. of who you are I guess I think is really important because you could come in and be kind of messy like it yep. could be sometimes people coming in with the intention of saying the thing that they wanted to right. say but felt like they couldn't. You mm. know, like sometimes when you would do with alcohol, you'd be like, I'm drunk. You'd be like, you know, you never. <laughs> it's like yeah. using that as the excuse. But I think it's a really beautiful, I think it's so beautiful. Yeah.
1: Or even the codependent piece where like yeah. you could be more in their experience oh, than yes. in your own. Like are totally. I mean, when we did, we did ayahuasca years ago and we were far from each other. But I know that if we were laying next to each other, I mean... I'd be thinking about. Totally, what you're going through. You thinking totally. about. What I'm going through. Totally, it's good to kind of have a little bit of a.
0: Yeah, it's hard I mean, to do it sometimes hard. with a partner in that way because, especially if something's dark or hard, you know, the desire is to control or to be and not really allow people to have their experience in it. But yeah, I mean, it's not for the faint of heart. But when it's used appropriately, it's so powerful. Yeah, and beautiful. I want to talk about with the spiritual journey. I think this is such an interesting thing that I've witnessed in my friends, in my life, and in you today. When we think about the spiritual journey and the path, it's like funny because you wouldn't think it leads you to be like, I just want to talk about beauty and pop culture and fun. But it's Mm -hmm. like the true arc of the spiritual journey leads you to a place where the lightness is prioritized and yes. the lightness
2: is the most spiritual thing. I'd yes. love to talk about that with you. Yeah, it's really interesting for me because there is an aspect of spirituality. It's so universal. We're all searching for something in that sense of peace. And I think being honest about what brings it to you, you know, so for me, music and dance and when I see people moving their bodies and like so much of my neurosis, by the way, it just falls away. And so this and and I've struggled with this, too, because I remember when I was talking with Josh one night, he's like, well, what you know, what's bringing you joy now? And I'm like, well, I love my interior design. I'm like working on a renovation like I could, you know, spend forever in design world and picking out the perfect sconce and looking at this type of marble and oh, these, you know, doing Mm -hmm. all that. I'm like, where does this person come from? This wasn't the same me a while ago. And like some of the beauty stuff and the skin stuff and the fashion stuff, which was not my genuine desire, like. 10, 15, or 20 years ago. So I was being authentic, to. but I was like, I don't know, but I'm just trusting. And I think part of the spiritual journey is having faith, you know, and not knowing. And I've spent so much of my life in a state of wanting to control and wanting to know and needing to understand the next step and have it plotted out and to, you know, like white knuckle everything. And it's all rooted in fear, right? Because for me, I grew up and there was such a sense a lot of times of chaos that all I wanted was my own world so I could control it. And so I think now part of the unfolding is like, oh, the not knowing and oh, I don't know how this all fits together and who knows how long I'll want to talk about those things. Maybe it's just six months. But there's so much breath that I'm finding in the not knowing Mm. and the not controlling. And the letting it unfold and letting things be shown to me, very, very different than how I've operated in the past. Totally, mm.
0: It's huge.
2: And that's where the magic happens. You know, when you allow
0: or when you surrender. I've had enough situations happen where I should be fully in faith and be able to surrender. But there, man, there's still a part of me that's like, I want it this way.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, of course. Of course. Like that controlling bit. Yes. Um, But I think and I'm curious how you guys feel about this. You know, have you seen your journey change as also let's talk about this from like a business and stability and financial perspective? You know, like it's different. I know for me so much of my early 20s, like I was grinding and hustling and chasing because I had to or that's what I believed I had to. Whether that's true or not, it's what I did and i think that the other piece that comes just as you continue to grow and mature i don't know if you guys have done this when you start to kind of build a solid house foundation a solid financial foundation again you don't have these aspirations like I, people often ask me like i do not care to own a jet i'm not judging anyone Same. else that wants to it's just yeah. not my jam and so my needs and desires are pretty simple and so therefore i see more freedom and then more of the lightness and more of the mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That just opens up. So have you seen that in your own spiritual journey as you've built more stability for yourselves as just humans Yeah, that it impacts kind of what you pay attention to?
0: Yeah, because it's like when you go with the core desire as the lead, you know, my desire to feel free, my desire to feel safe or my desire to feel like I'm fully expressed. It's like I can do that by making this amount of money that I'm making, this amount of money that I'm making. And when I realized that when we got to a point where we were making enough money where I was like, oh, I feel free. Yep. It was like, oh, this is what I need. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a weird thing mm-hmm. because we're told like people are, I have a friend the other day it was like, I want the Billy status. I want these things. I'm like, I could give a totally fuck. Totally. about the Billy status? The I'll billionaire? Okay. Is it? Oh, yeah. the Billy. St- yeah. I know the billionaire. Hello. <laughs> I was like, is that an Airwan membership yes, that I don't yes. know about? <laughs> That's a level of Airwan membership. <laughs> No, she wants the billionaire status. I'm like, I could literally give a fuck. Right. That's not your, that's not your desire. I have my needs. I want my needs met and those needs will probably expand when I want a family or when I, but it's like really just getting down to the truth of what it is. And when you realize the rest doesn't really fulfill anything beyond what you already have being fulfilled. So Mm -hmm. it is a weird thing too. And then also with the success that we've had, it's like, there always is that desire for more, but then you have to check it. You're like. Why? What, why?
2: Yeah, that's that. Huge. That is actually a really important question. Yeah. Why? Oh my gosh! And w- all of us have been steeped in we're like fish in water, like growth for growth's sake. You have yes. to keep growing, I just didn't right? Real about this, and it's insane because you know when certain things grow like cancer, that can kill you. So you don't want everything always to grow mm. all the time, like right? So that's not a good thing. And I think you know there's this awesome book. I don't know. Have you guys? This woman, we did a show with her, her name, and I might pronounce her last name wrong, but it's Kate Raworth mm. and Donut Economics. Have you heard of this? No. Oh my God, it is so fucking genius. You have cool. to check it out. So Donut Economics. So if you Google Marie Forleo, Kate Raworth, you can watch our interview and she's brilliant. She wrote a book on this. It's essentially calling into question what basic economic theory has been what we've all absorbed is like this notion of a hockey stick right in order for gdps to grow and for all world economies to be successful they have to grow on this level where the hockey stick keeps growing up and up and up and up infinitely but as we know the planet cannot sustain that right Mm -hmm, so there are a lot of downstream consequences to that type of extraordinary growth. And so donut economics actually pushes against and calls into question and flips the table on all of the notions that we've accepted as the truth about what sustainable growth looks like. And rather than having it be a hockey stick, interesting enough, which could be very phallic, we wanted to bring it into a circle, which is a somewhat of a feminine symbol, a donut in the middle, where you're earning enough, where it's basically we are operating within the natural limitations of the resources on mm. planet Earth where we're looking for having everyone thrive. That's the metric. So rather than this growth for growth sake, unlimited brrr, like that, it's more about thriving and harmony. And like, if you go too far in the middle of the donut, it's not good. And you can't exceed the boundaries of the donut because that's when, you know, earth will implode. Mm-hmm. So just check out donut economics because it starts to educate you and help you think through this notion of growth for growth sake why do we want more? And what does that really mean? Yes. I I just think some of these questions are really fun to consider. And then you come back to this notion of simplicity, stability, stillness, right? And I don't know if if you guys feel this way, but when I start to to feel into those words, my whole nervous system settles down and it gives me a framework to look at my business, to look at my life, to look at my consumerism, to to every aspect. Mm. And not for anybody else. I'm not here to preach for me. For me to be in alignment with not only my soul's purpose, but I feel like, again, emanating at that frequency of like, oh, wow, if everyone starts to look at it through this way and go, what what does really feel right for me from my heart? I don't know. It's a whole, we start to look at a whole different paradigm. Totally. And I think we have everyone's
1: life kind of in front of us, everything that they're doing, all the successes that they're having. I take a Instagram hiatus once a year for a couple months, and it's that time that I'm able to literally forget what I think I should be doing. Yep. And I'm able to really get quiet and still and get very real and honest with myself about what I really want to do. And it's not that at the end of the hiatus, I'm like, here's the plan. It's more so unhooking from this just constant looking outward of the next thing that we need to be doing, the goal we need to be meeting who we need to be reaching because it's exhausting. It is. It's so exhausting. And it's really, I think, taking away from our own creative life force. I feel like a lot of people feel blank a lot of the times or they're just repurposing what everyone's doing, but yet they most likely have an incredible, genius, beautiful idea within them or waiting to be dropped in. Yeah. That's original. That's original and... They can't because they're so
2: they're, they're spending filled up so much. Yeah, time it's all here. static and it's all input rather than it's like, yeah. you know, consuming before they create rather than creating before they consume. Do you have times where you kind of step away? Oh, most of it. Like recently. So we, you know, B-School, our flagship program has been around for like 14 years. And I just spent my team did as well. All of us like the past nine months redoing that whole thing, refreshing it. It was like a really big endeavor. It's a whole lot of hard work and we're super proud of it. So it was during launch. It's like, oh, I'm going to be on social media a little more than normal. The moment that that's complete, like I love creating content. And as we're recording this, like Kelsey from my team is here. Like we create things and we'll create things together. But I do it just like I do b or the show. Like I'm making a piece of art and then I'm having my team help disseminate it. But I don't need to be there. It's yes. like TV. We've had our show since 2009, right? I've never been the one that's putting it up on YouTube Why would I need to be the one open in Instagram or TikTok? I don't need to. (laughs) Yeah. So I am actually off of social media most of the time. I'm on there. Like it's so the ratio is like the least amount of time I'm actively on there. And most of the time I'm off. Yeah. Just because I don't find it healthy for me. And that's the
0: goal. You know, all of this is like the path of entrepreneurship or whatever. It's like during the time when you're grinding or, you know, you're spending a lot of time or you're,
2: a workaholic. It's like the vision and goal is to eventually
0: I have to be honest.
2: But what you just said is the key that most people, and I found this for myself, it's like, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. So it's understanding for a human psychology, most of our lives, 40% of our lives are lived out of habit. So for me, it was like, oh, I've been pushing so hard. I've been working since I was nine. I'm 47 now. And it's like, I know how to do And when you don't need to do it anymore, it's almost like you keep going because you're on auto. It's just habitual. So part of my journey recently has been consciously unpeeling that stepping back, witnessing those patterns and then being at choice with like, do I really want to do this now or am I doing it because I've done it for the past 30 years? And those are the questions that I keep asking myself. And sometimes I catch the autopilot Marie of like, oh, I should be or I want to be a good example to my team. I I can't expect them to be working when I'm not. And then I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, girl? Like to your point of saying like, I've got here working all that, but I don't want to keep going at this pace. And for me too, the other interesting thing is like my partner is 17 years older than I am. So that's a real reality. And as you start getting older, you just start paying attention to where do I want to put my time? Because our loved ones aren't going to be around forever. And the years start going by really fast.
1: Yeah.
2: And I don't want to look back and go like, oh, yeah, great. I got, what, a thousand more fans or what? Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think too, it's like, I had to realize in business with us or our friends or whatever that it's, it's funny, like people will see followers and they're like, you have like 800,000 and he's like, oh, so she makes 800 million. You know what I mean? They think that like, it's a direct number yeah, or like 800, That you know, it's not. And I know people that have super successful businesses that don't have followers. That's right. You know, that have 10,000, that have, 10, 000, that have five, right. you know, it's like, so yes. unpeeling and unpackaging. And we've even had to do that as a business where it's like, the numbers could stay the same or grow a little bit, whatever. But it's like as long as the business is healthy and sustaining and like still supporting us and our team and living a life
2: that we want, like there's nothing more that I could ask for. That's right. We're good. That's yeah. about paying attention to what really are the metrics that matter. Yes. Yeah. And I always try and talk to business owners about that. Yes. It's like That's the huge. vanity metrics are bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really are. Like mm-hmm. unless you're looking to be, who knows, like yeah. the next you know, that you really is your passion. You want to be the most famous influencer person with a gajillion followers. Yeah. Like that's your heart's true desire. Like if it is, go for it. God bless. Yeah. But if you're like most of us who that's actually not what you want. And I run into so many businesses like Marie, please tell me like, do I need to be on social media? I hate it. Like I have so yeah. many people that confess to me. It's like not how they want to spend their time. I'm like, you don't. You actually don't. If you get your content game down, I have so many business owners they're running like multi-million dollar businesses they're b-schoolers who literally don't do social media like they'll take their email newsletter that they've done and have it kind of gently repurposed they you know alaskan fish company like people that do really cool things that are absolutely not podcasts or content but super solid profitable businesses there's many different ways i think to be very successful as you define it in this world. And you do not have to have a phone surgically attached to your face 24 seven. It's so funny. We hear that a lot too, with podcasters. They're like, I don't
1: like, I'm just, oh, I don't yeah. want to be online all the time. But, and it's so interesting. I'm yeah. like, I feel like that's probably the soul sentiment. Like, yes. so like a lot of people's souls are like, yeah, yeah, we don't really need to be on this, but there's this disconnect yeah, mm-hmm. between what they feel like they
0: have to do. Well, they see that as the definition of success. You yeah. know, they'll be like, okay, I need to grow my following. I'm like, Why Why would you do that? Why don't you grow the following of your audience on the podcast if you want to grow any following? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like focus on the actual content. I mean, people, it's like a spell that I think we're all under with social media. That's like, it's really crazy how much life force energy it takes from all of us. Because I'll think about it 20 times a day. Mm -hmm. Something related to numbers or metrics Mm -hmm. or wanting to increase them or... Wanting to something like, if I'm being honest, you know, like mm-hmm. okay, I should have more followers, I have more money, you know, and it's something I'm like aware of, yeah, and I'm in conversation, but mm-hmm. it's truly like a spell that we're all under because even like my mom would be like, I want you know, like I'm wanting to have more, f-. it's like what, You're
2: like- <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean? like what are you, yes. what?
0: For That's what? when you know
2: shit's fucked up, shit's right? Fucked when up. your mom is like,
0: Yeah, I gotta get more followers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, those are people, right? Yeah. Like when you, I wanted to ask
1: about when you reapproached B school. Yes. Yeah. Because there's the creative in me that sometimes likes to create and just get it out. Mm. Yep. And then yes. never touch it again. Yes. But then also within what we do, yeah. it's really important that we're staying in integrity and also as we grow and evolve and like the quality of what we do grows and evolves, like our, our audience and our, what we've created, our creations
2: deserve yes. that update. So how did you approach that? Yeah. And what was what totally was the vibe? So when B-School was first born, I think back in 2009 or so, you know, it was my best effort at that time. And there was really nothing out there for small businesses on the market about teaching online marketing and how to do it with integrity and like, hey, here's how you can get this thing out into the world. And so we had redone it several times. And I think it was probably 2016 when the last time is that we refreshed it. Then I sold the book, Everything is Figureoutable. I did my Oprah talk. And then I spent the last, the next two years, like torturing myself writing it, you know, and then it came out and then 2020 and COVID. And then it was just like the world turned upside down. So I think it was last year we're just looking at everything and kind of doing all the things we do in the business. And uh, someone on the team's like, you know, we really need to take a look at B school. I was like, oh my God, yes, let's take a look at B school. And we all looked at it. And it was like, oh my God, she needs a glow up. But, you know, and it's like <laughs> the material's really good, but we haven't reshot it in a while. And also, I have so much understanding and data. Mm-hmm. We've now helped over 80,000 people start and grow their businesses. So, I know people stuck points and I could see, I remember every time we've taken folks through the program and we have so much feedback from our mentor coaches of like, hey, people get stuck here or, you know, whatever. So we just compiled all of our intel from our coaches, from our students, from ourselves, our own perspective, and then really looked at the material and said, okay, this is going to be our project for the year. Like There ain't nothing new coming out because this baby deserves some love. And so we threw it all on the table, examined it all, said, we want to reorder it. And then re-scripted, recreated literally everything. And then it was like, okay, well, if the actual interior of the program is all going to be new, every single bit of it, like just gut checked, looked at every teaching, every exercise, updated, you know, examples, all of the things, tightened it up. How can I help people get results faster? Then it was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. I was like, oh, gosh, now all the marketing front end. Needs to be recreated. because Right? I was like, whoa. (laughs) It kind of hurts. So (laughs) we had never in the history of having the program redone the interior of it and the exterior both at once. It was usually like one year we'd work on the external front end marketing. How can we refresh that? How can we tell better stories? How can we help people understand the value we deliver or the interior of it? Oh, great. This bonus needs tweaking. Like we kind of did that. But this year it was like, oh, no, it's the whole damn shebang at once. So it was just a very big lift. And honestly, coming back to the spiritual bit, I'm like, this was a real challenge for me. I said, how the hell am I going to find a fresh way to talk about this thing? Like in the online business world, to have a program that's been kicking ass for 14 years. I'm like, I don't even know how this is possible, right? Unicorn. So I was exhausted after doing the whole program. My brain was like, ding, ding," like little fried, little crispy potato chips. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, shit, I need to figure out the front end marketing. I was like, oh, okay, I can do this spirituality. Here's where it comes in. I went to the woods and was just like on total faith that I was going to get new idea because it was going to need to be just a new frame for the same core messaging. And I got this download for something called dream business camp that came to me in like four minutes. It was this acronym for like, do you have a dream business or a scream business? And it was this whole thing. And it was like, not only beautiful, but it felt so true to my heart And so true to the program in a way that we had never spoken about it before. And it was this whole new educational piece that I could give people for free. I was like, where did this thing come from? And it was one of the first examples of like, I didn't have to kill myself to create it. Like it was hard to create it, but it was the whole framework literally came in four minutes. Wow! And I was like, "This is some shit." I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> Do you know what? the totally. best feeling. Oh my gosh! And so we worked really hard to create this new thing, but the thinking behind it was it has helped so many people. It wouldn't have felt right for me to go out and sell that program again unless it was fully updated mm. and all the exact like everything was just tight and right and fresh. And so it was a big lift and, you know, we just got done. So we're working with our class now, but it just feels really good. It feels really, really good. And even this trip out here for me, because I've been in my little creative cave for a while. Yes. I was like, I'm free. I'm yeah. going to go to <laughs> I'm going to get yeah. like some keto breakfast egg sandwich in the morning <laughs> and my gluten-free mac and cheese and hang out with the ladies. I'm yes. like, oh, this is awesome. Like time.
0: Yeah. Isn't that so funny that, you know, before you'd be like, okay, I have to sit. In my room at my computer to get my idea. Yes. And Lindsay and I have the best ideas in nature, mm-hmm. moving, walking, talking, like it's almost like the ego actually isn't invited yes. because we're doing something that's not for work. Mm-hmm. And then the soul can be like, hey, morning microdose. Hey, like whatever idea it is like to just drop it in. And so just encouraging people listening, you know. If you, first of all, are feeling stuck or feeling like things are unclear, allowing that to be okay. Firstly, I think people rush themselves to clarity a lot and they actually shortcut what could be a grand idea for one that is like okay or acceptable. So, allowing yourself to be in confusion or stuckness I think is totally fine and trusting that the right answer will reveal at the right time. But going in nature, being alone, like being just like trusting of whatever's to come and also too it's like when a funky idea comes you're like scream business dream business you're like yeah let's
2: fucking go yeah you know it's like (laughs) this is it well that was the thing and i remember all of my little scratch pad possibilities for kind of the new framework like they were so it was so ego-based and it was so like this sounds smart you know i was like what the fuck and when dream business and scream business came i'm like this is fucking and I yes. was like, yeah. And then when I yes. shared it with a few friends that I respect, they're like, of course. They're like, this sounds. I've got a scream. It's like, you. me too. And it felt like it's me. You. It's totally it felt you. super totally. like me. And I was like, you know, there is something to this. So it felt like that that whole thing. And I still haven't listened to. You know, we were talking uh, before, basically that big journey that my friend said you must do this. And I was like, okay, I must do this. The weekend one where my soul was like, you have to dance. You have to be enjoy. She keeps asking me, she's like, have you listened to your recording? Because the whole part of it, part of the kind of protocol was that during this particular piece of the journey, you you know set your phone on record so that you can hear and digest whatever your soul wanted to say mm. to you in this particular experience. And she keeps asking me, she's like, Marie, have you listened to the recording? I'm like, I can't yeah. do it. I can't do yeah. it. It's like when I... Whenever I've seen videos of me or photos of me when I've had too many glasses of wine or, you know what I mean, thought I was like real hot shit on the dance floor, but I was fucked up. I was like, no, like it's such douche chill embarrassment. But I feel like even though I haven't listened to that recording yet, I don't know if I ever will. What I am getting is the message that she wanted me to hear, Mm. which was play more and trust more and let it be fun. And like the dream business, screen business bootcamp, that whole thing that came through, I was like,
0: thank you. Yes. Thank
2: you Thank you for giving it to me. And it's so funny, like you listening to the
1: recording, it feels like that's where the ego comes in. And there's so much judgment. Mm-hmm. And it's like, to- oh my God, the ego does not want you to listen. And, no. how, and how do that's you, true. like, I guess, how do you get into a a, a place where you could listen almost as, What you're listening to is your soul. So it's not Marie. Oh gosh. I don't know know if I'd have to. I do. No,
2: I don't know either. You do like a voice uh, distortion. Do you know what she said? She was like, okay, well, we can send it to Rev. Like, let's send it to Rev and basically get the transcript. But I was like, A, I will freak someone out if there's a human doing that. B, (laughs) (laughs) the shit that comes out of my mouth is so funny. But I was like, B, Maybe I'll get there. Like, maybe I'll get there in six months or so where I'll have the kind of inner constitution or the inner love for myself Mm -hmm. to be able to listen without douche chill. Hopefully that will happen. We'll see. But I feel like I would need to hear it rather than read it. Because Mm, I think that there is... I think what I'm afraid of, to be honest, I'm afraid of the embarrassment factor. But it also might be really beautiful that I don't... You know, like, I don't know if I can handle it right now. Totally. It is an emotional... One hundred percent. Yeah, there's yeah. a frequency
0: of it too. Whenever I have something like that, that's like a channeling or you know something that's I actually have to. I, I do it while I'm doing something else. Oh, that's so I'll be cleaning and then putting it on, so it's not so like me sitting like. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Just like maybe you're totally. fucking moving around the house. Yeah, And no, that's like, an idea. Or and, like, walking in, in the body. woods or something.
2: Walking in the woods. Yes, in the forest. I kind of have to have one. like
0: split attention so that I can sort of.
2: Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Do you know one of my best um, – one of my best methods for spiritual downloads is actually guided writing.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. Who yes. does the artist way? Or no, soul – Soul journaling? Alyssa Romeo. I mean, there's so many versions. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. The,
2: so yeah. the version that I do that I swear by – and these I can go back and read. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe mm-hmm. because it's not the audio. But so just doing a meditation, 10 or 20 minutes, just clear it out nice and peaceful, light a candle, and then open my journal – and just dear highest self, what do I need to know about? And then fill in the blank. And it's that real practice of just allowing the pen to move. And I have journal entries that I've gone back to read. I have like stacks of them. I'm like, who is writing this? I know. She is so articulate. This being is so wise and it sounds nothing like the bullshit that I usually put in my morning pages, which is whiny as fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, just it like, true. or in my, like, I can just see on the page, normal Marie, personality Marie, for lack of a better word, you know, just that, da la 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 that, that, da 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 Oh my, mm. but that's so that's the method that for whatever reason I don't get douche trails. I actually enjoy it. Yeah. I really like it. No, it's so, so powerful. Elisa
1: Romeo does soul journaling and that's kind of where I learned it. And yeah. it kind of brought me out of my, it, it almost felt like a little psychosis of like, this is how my life is. This is how it's always going to be. Mm-hmm. Especially when I was like, in I was single and I was just kind of like hitting walls in a lot of ways in my career at the time. It, this was like mostly before almost 30. And it was just, yeah, I had to really, once I found that, it shook me out of the loop, mm-hmm. you know? And I think doing it, the more you do it, the better. Cause I like kind of, I sometimes resist it. Yeah. am oh, like, yeah. oh God, the truth's gonna come <laughs> <Yes>. through too. <laughs> yes. Are you ready? Can you
2: handle the truth? Mm-hmm. But yes. one I love about that method too, is it's like, it's free. You can do it, you can do it, you can practice it, you can do it every day, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Same yes. with nature. Yeah
0: free with meditation totally free so much Mm -hmm. of it is is free this has been the best joy and a delight this is awesome (laughs) thanks so much a delicious joy and a (laughs) delight it's so funny we were talking about you were so excited you were coming and then we were also looking at the notes we're like psychedelics and manifestation yeah let's fucking go yes (laughs) we're like let's fucking go baby i was like and i'm so happy for your evolution you know even i was talking to Lindsay, like i i felt like i've witnessed it too and i was telling her this morning i'm like it feels like you've done a true internal excavation of who you are and like it's just felt like you can tell that you've shifted and that you're more you than ever before even in the small ways and that's the frequency as well you know the frequency that's felt so yeah, there's no greater joy than finding your soul and communing with your soul and living a life that you actually love and being with yourself along the journey as it happens and being in the season that you're in. So I'm so
2: happy for you. Thank really. you. Thanks for having me you. on. It's so fun to talk and oh I can't wait to We'll like do our petition to get Erewhon out to the East Done. Coast. Yes, was like, one of our things we're going to work on. Yeah, literally. We got a lot of things
0: coming. <laughs> <laughs> get ready, everybody. We'll see you guys later. Thank you so much, Marie. Again, that's Marie Forleo. The book is Everything is outable. It is B-School. You can follow her on Instagram at Marie Forleo.
1: Damn, that was the list. Sorry. (laughs) I know my girl. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at almost30podcast. Same on TikTok where we are just popping off. Make sure to follow us. And you can find out more about the membership and our other programs at almost30.com. Yeah, we love you guys.
0: We'll see you soon. Bye.